Hello and welcome to the first Hulkcast of a new season. I'm James Rushton. I'm joined by Daniel Raza. And uh, yeah, we've got six points in the bag. We beat Hull and Wigan over the last week since our season preview. And it's it's been really positive for the most part, hasn't it, Daniel? I think so. I think the, the main thing is we've got the points. So I don't want to fall into the trap of complaining too much. So uh, yeah, six points. You know, we've, we, we, we've got them. Um, and I think the other thing to 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 realize is that well it's the first time we have won back to back in the pre- uh, well in in of any at the start of any season since the 1990s yeah 1999 to be exact and i think it was 1962 the last time it's in the, in the 60s at least um the last time we won three games in the row to start the league yeah that's that's incredible mate that is really really good news um but yeah first order of business i guess is to speak about the first game of the season we beat hull by three goals to one mate and it wasn't the best match at all was it but there were some key highlights for villains of course uh namely alan hutton scoring mate and he looked like he enjoyed that last goal Um, I enjoyed that last call. Uh, it was it was it was really funny that we kind of we joke about Alan Hutton all all throughout the summer. It was always you know it was good news to see him signing the contract. You know, considering the situation we were in, knowing that we were going to lose a lot of players, and obviously with the experience of of John Terry and and Robert Snodgrass going, we really did look in danger of of losing all our sort of key leadership figures. And and I think you know that really cemented Alan Hutton further into the team's sort of uh, DNA. And I think it was it was great to see him score. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that he deserves after a great season last year. And it is only his second goal for the club. Uh, and it's his first in about, I think, five years. Yeah, so well, let's go back to back to the start of that match because we need to talk about it in, a, you know, in order. Villa did go behind 10 minutes into the new season. Ruined my prediction, as you pointed out. Um, it was a goal uh, from Evandro. It, it was like a hooked, almost like a, you know, when you're in a bunker in golf and you chip it out, the sandwich, yeah. you got to chip it up. He kind of chips it up from the edge of the box on a rebound and it just sinks in to the net. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that a lot of people blame Jed Steer for the punch out. But for me, I think Alfie could have maybe, if that was John Terry, I think the, the geezer takes the, he, he takes that ball and it's, it's nowhere near the net. He puts the body on the line. Mm. Um, which was unfortunate. And uh, I think Villa lost out there. But Alfie, of course, come back into the game and uh, equalised Villa from an unmarked, uh, unmarked header, brought us back straight in, 1-1. And from there, we kind of pushed on a little bit and uh, grew into the game. Ahmed Al-Mohamedi, of all people, scored the first goal. Then Hutton, of course, looked like Maradona when he scored his 3-1. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think we could have played better. I, I think you'll agree there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We could have played better. We we should have played better. I think you know it was it was Hull City, a team who are low in confidence. They're not a, they're not a great side. Obviously, every team at the start of the season is going to have some sort of uh, fire in them, which makes them perform better than usual. You would you would assume, or, or makes them at least try harder than, than usual. But of course, last season Hull City looked uh, well, just absolutely impotent. Essentially, they, they just weren't. They just didn't look like they were they that they could score. Um, they, they could score goals. I mean, especially away from home. Uh, they just they just really did struggle, uh, and I think for them uh, it was key for them that they managed to keep a hold of of, of Bowen. Um, is, is that his name, Jared Bowen? That's his name. Isn't yeah, Jared it? Bowen. Yeah, yeah for a key player. Yeah, key key of them to keep a hold of him. So you know that that always was going to be a plus for them going into that match, but but again, it is something that uh, you know after a long preseason, we've seen we've seen Villa play a lot um, in the preseason. You, you know, you, you you would have liked us to. Um, to have made an easier job of it, but I think first game of the season, you just you can't complain. Three um, one at the end of the day was 
was a good result at the end, even if the first 70 minutes were, were quite dull. Yeah, so both our predictions are wrong, mine more so. Um, gone. I think I said 1-0, the United Villa. Mm. And that was uh, gone, all this uh, compiled by executive producer Trevor Hood, who's made that little graph for us. And uh, it hasn't gone well for me in terms of predictions because <laughs> I actually thought Jack Grealish will be leaving in the transfer window, which brings us onto our next point, of course, transfers. Yep. Um, he didn't end up going anywhere, mate, did he? No, he didn't, and I'm not surprised. We just we just didn't get a good enough bid in for him, so fair enough. You know, he's got two years left on his contract. So that to me, unless a player is in the final year of his contract, I think that's the only time when um when when I think you you gotta stick straight away from the rule. Um I think unless a player a player is in the final year of his contract, the ball really is in the selling team's court. Uh I think Tottenham Hotspur know that we've got trouble with financial fair play. Uh I don't know what the situation is with that at the moment, but uh, they obviously didn't match our 25 million and they obviously weren't willing to match anybody's price for any players throughout the window. I said to you in the podcast two weeks ago, James, that they weren't going to sign him because they haven't signed anybody and they're not signing anybody. Well, that's what ended up happening at the end. They signed nobody. They put in a, a, a lackluster bid for Grealish on the last 24 hours of the window and yeah, inevitably it was rejected. What makes me think, you know, you, you look at this Liverpool team that, as we're recording, is playing right now and they pay big fees and they have to wait for players like uh, Virgil van Dijk and Naby Keita. But mm. they get those players and that's because they're serious about getting those players. And if I was a Tottenham fan, it's not like I'd be worried. I think Daniel Levy, for the most part, has done an excellent job in restoring the fortunes of Tottenham Hotspur to the top tier of English football. You know, it wasn't so long ago that when we were in the Premier League, especially during the Martin O'Neill, um, Martin O'Neill years, that they were kind of languishing, 10th, 11th, boring. And now they're they're dining at the uh, top plate of European football. But they could be better. And I think that's what everyone's getting annoyed of. They're not pushing on like Liverpool are. They're not putting in serious bids for serious players. And if they try to, you know, that, that, that their first bid for Grealish, mate, was ridiculous. Three million quid anonymous. Was that what it was? Was? Was, that, was? Yes. That, was that definitely the, the first bid? That's definite. Mm. That's ridiculous, that is. That's offensive. Um, That doesn't... I know Daniel Levy is a pretty good chairman for all intents and purposes. But to, uh, you know, you wouldn't bid three million for Naby Keita, would you? And I know that he's a world-class player and I know Jack Grealish isn't at that level yet. But you just, you got to start as you mean to go on and put a serious bid in. First bid should be accepted. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, th- I think, yeah, I think, I think that, that it's one of those where like, like I don't, I don't, I don't know what their intentions were, whether it was to make it look as though they were they were trying to sign players. Uh, maybe maybe they thought Villa were that de- desperate to get out get uh, Jack Grealish out because you know he maybe he didn't maybe they thought he didn't want to be at the club. Uh, but I think the other thing is you know they they, they loaned Josh Onomah out to us last season and uh, their thought process might have been well you know maybe Villa really like Josh Onomah. Maybe, you know, they've seen a chance, they, they've had a chance to see him play. Maybe, you know, he'd be their perfect replacement for him. But uh, yeah, it's well, we, not good. We enough. do like Onomah, mate. We do like Onomah, but not as much as, you know, not being entered into administration. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we, we, we like, you know, we, we, we like Onomah and, you know, we, 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 but the thing is, we like our boy a lot better, don't we? You know, we like, yeah, and we like even more. having 25, 30 million in the bank so we, we can pay our bills. This is it. <laughs> this know? is it. You know, that, that's that, ridiculous. The, play, the, swap, the swap deal, you know, would have absolutely no benefit for us. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with financial fair play now that Grealish isn't sold. Uh, I personally think he'll be off in January, but, you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, no, of course. We're going to have to certainly wait and see with that. We did have a question um, 
Uh, let me just check who it was from. It was regarding FFP, actually. It was from Michael Miller. That's MB Miller ROC on Twitter. Okay. And what happened to, to all the concern with FFP? <laughs> and I think, mate, the way the league has handled FFP is ridiculous because Blues blew it, QPR blew it, and not one of them has had a serious punishment. Blues were allowed to sign five players after a transfer embargo. QPR were hit with a massive fine that was reduced and is um, averaged out over 10 years. There's no punishment for FFP. However, those punishments, you know, that seems the opposite. I think Villa would be in serious breach if they were to, you know, carry on the way they were. But the, things have changed, man. You got rid of John Terry. You ain't paying a massive loan fees for wages. You know, you're not paying Sam Johnson. You bought a cheaper keeper. You've bought a cheap midfielder, and you've made some sales. And mm. the QPR and Blues didn't do that. They carried on. Like we've at, at least made some reductions. We have got a lower bill than last season. So I don't see how, when you look at us, if the EFL look at our case, they can go. Oh, Villa have failed because no, we've cut stuff. I think there's a, there's a case for Villa there to push on and go. Wait, you can't deduct points off us because we've actually tried to mm. reduce his losses. You can't give us a transfer embargo. You know we don't care. But hey, make this rule better, make it clearer. I don't think it is. Yeah, I wonder whether. Um, I wonder whether our owners are in some sort of contact or in some sort of conversation with FFP. To kind of, I don't not not to reduce the punishment, but almost to kind of like work with them, and and figure something out. But uh, we we've talked about it so much, and you know I don't want to go down that line line again because to be honest, you know when it when it when it when it comes to talking about Villa, we want to talk about what we know about, and nobody knows a thing about financial fair play because there's no set standard. There isn't there isn't a standard to it. We we like we there's there's no there's no way we can assume what punishment any side is going to get all we can do is have a look at the case studies and unfortunately james there's not a lot of case studies no no it, it's uh almost like a, a black hole of just an unknowing because qpr were punished and birmingham city were punished but i don't see why you'd you'd go in on villa for trying to you know for cutting their bill it's it's odd mm. it's strange because birmingham city is still playing players like yutta you know on massive wages, and they tried to sign john terry on big wages so it's uh it's a really strange situation, all in all. But yeah, FFP, we don't know anything about it. And the way it's handled by the league, it's uh, neither here or there. It's completely different each time. There's no benchmark. So exactly. no idea about it. I, I'm, I'm, personally, I'm not going to be concerned about it because the guys in charge aren't. No, well, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we can only assume they're not. If they, haven't, yeah, if they exactly. didn't sell Jack Grealish, that tells me that, yeah, they're, they're not awfully concerned. Yeah, so uh, let's move on because we did have a few deals done. Uh, we'll speak more about John McGinn later, but snip, that was a snip getting him at under four million. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big time. snip, mate. Uh, Gary Gardner, of course, left to join Birmingham City on loan, uh, which is a bit odd, um, I have to yeah, say. I know. Running the length of the pitch after scoring against them. Yeah, victory lap. Um, <laughs> perfect, perfect sleeper agent. I, know, no Villa fan, a, I don't think I can't remember any Villa player that actually was actually that extra about scoring against Blues as well. Yeah, um, there's a lot of Blues fans going, "Oh, we sung keep right on for his initiation." That means he's always been a blue nose. No, the game. <laughs> it's <laughs> clear for me. That, you know, what? the guy, the guy scored a sick header against them. Ran the entire pitch to celebrate, like Adi Bayol did. You know what I mean? That's that is, that's Villa. That is exactly it. They he's absolutely mugged them off, and now they've taken him on loan, um, which is which is honestly just really really funny. 
Uh, it's not a bad deal, though, is it? Because he gets to play with his brother. He'll be a, he'll start every week, and he'll be playing at a decent championship level under Gary Monk. The, ignore the fact it's Birmingham City. You know, you take you take that deal if it was set set to you. It's just it's just really funny. No, no, obviously the basics of it are just really funny. We've we've all been taking the mick because it is funny, but right, you know, you look at the other options. It was what was it was it Bolton and who was the other option? QPR and I think yeah. You'd stay in Birmingham, wouldn't you? You don't want to go to QPR because QPR are still QPR. yeah the QPR right. They I don't know what they what they stand for as a club. Um, you don't want to go to to Bolton necessarily because you know you're going to be fighting a relegation battle. It might be a little bit. I don't know. It's I mean Bolton Bolton's fine as well actually. You know I ain't got a problem with Bolton. Um, but you know out of all of those sides, Birmingham he doesn't have to relocate. He doesn't need to move away from home. Um, as you say, he gets to play with his brother. Uh, it's. I mean, it's just like logistically, it just makes the most sense, you know. Yeah, and then you get to be this excellent sleeper agent, knowing that if Blues have a good season, that it's on the back of the shoulders of a Villa man, and that's quite funny. Oh, that is another. Like, if any success comes Blues' way, it's because <laughs> likely <laughs> of a Villa boy in their midfield. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think so, that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's quite funny. That is. Um, but I think the biggest talking point on the transfer window was the Joe Bryan deal. So Villa agreed. Um, a deal to sign Joe Bryan, a left back, you know, a very good left back from Bristol City. Um, at the eleventh hour, Fulham come in with a, a transfer offer. It was accepted, and uh, during a medical, on his way to sign his Villa contract, uh, Bryan actually left and went to Fulham to do his medical. <laughs> um, eventually signed for Fulham. It's it's hilarious. I I am angry about it, but I think realistically, if a Premier League com- club like Fulham comes in for you, you know, Fulham play good football. They're they're a decent club. They got beat on the weekend, but. I, I digress, um, but Joe Bryan, I, 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 I find it hard to reject that. Personally, I don't think I could because I'd have failed. I'd have felt committed to Villa at that point. I'd have felt yeah. a bit like I've been shown around. Everyone's really nice. They want me to be part of this. I don't think but I'd have been able to do that. Have you never been to a job interview where you seem ready, right? And then next thing you know, you know, whilst you've already sort of agreed personal terms or whatever, next thing you know, uh, you've got the contract waiting in front of you. You haven't signed it, but a better job offer comes along. You, That's never actually just... never happened to me, mate. Has it not? No, oh, right, okay. I've only get one job offer at a time, pal. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> they are few and far between for me. But uh, no, I, I completely understand if a contract comes in. It's it's like you got to do it. I just feel I'm, I'd be a bit too committed. No, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It depends. It's fo- it's football. You know what I mean? Villa and Fulham is not. There's, you know, there's a the Premier League football. But to be honest, I'd have went. Uh, okay, look, Villa. We've, we've, there's a chance of getting promoted with us. It's not incredibly high, you know. I mean, I mean, we're we're a very good side. It's higher now. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, you know, Fulham. You know that you're coming in to replace Matt Target. You know, he's he's not there anymore. They do need a left back. They need somebody filling in. If you can, be, if you can come into the Premier League and become a first choice left back, there, you're fine. You're sorted. You know what I mean? And once you're playing in the Premier League, if Fulham go down, you've got much more of a chance of getting another move to the Premier League. Uh, and I think. A player like him, you know, he's been playing in the championship for a long time. You just want to get up there. Uh, it's, it, it, is, it is where the elite play. And I think for any footballer who's playing in England, if that chance comes along, um, and I'd apply this to Jack Grealish as well, if that chance comes along, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to accept it um, as long as you know you're going to play. Absolutely, mate. The uh, transfer window did close, though. I mean, it's permanent transfers, so Villa can still make free transfers, loan to boys and loan deals. And uh, there is there are rumours about uh, loan to boys that are really good in the no account Villa transfers that kind of has an eye on the medicals. 
Um, they do believe that a loan to buy is coming in in the next few days, and there's been a lot of suggestion. There's been a lot of suggestion it's Robert Snodgrass, who is actually playing this minute <laughs> for West Ham. Well, yeah. So uh, no, it can happen. That's just you know because he's playing for West Ham doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But I think good addition. Hopefully, there's time for them to uh, grab an uh, grab a uh, what you call it consolation. What's what's uh, Robbie's on the pitch? That'd be that'd be nice to see. But uh, yeah, no, it'd be great. It'd be great to have Robert Snodgrass back. I I, I think. I think what that does mean is, again, it'll be unlucky for the likes of Andre Green, who need to be playing a little bit more. But we do need, I think, another guy out wide. Uh, the other rumour that I'd heard today, obviously it was reported by the Daily Mirror, is Martin Odegaard, who might actually be uh, a better option than uh, Robert Snodgrass purely because of his age. I don't know if that means that, that Madrid would allow us to have a, a buy option at the end of it, but uh, that, that would be a very, very interesting one. Um, obviously, the Norwegian wonder kid. Because uh, Odegaard is probably one of the most exciting players that I've never seen. And it doesn't seem like his career has gone like that great. But usually it's the people who kind of, they're highly rated as a young, you know, when they're younger. They have a few quiet years around 19 odd. Yeah. And then they come back into it. Like Wijnaldum. Yeah, exactly. Would, would be, you know, a good example of that coming on a little bit later. Um, but yeah, if, if Villa can get a deal for, yeah. If Villa can get a deal for someone like Odegaard sorted, that would be pretty cool. But you know, um, it'd be aiming high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know if it'd be a loan to buy either. Yeah, but I say aim to high. The bloke's only played for here in Vin, you know, a bit. So you know, a season and a half before breaking his uh his foot there. So has he still got a lot to prove? And I think Championship is a is a great way to prove it. You know, it's it's Villa, it's England second tier, a bit tougher in in spots than uh the Holland's top league. I'm not going to pronounce. I'm not going to even try and pronounce it. I struggle. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect, mate. Perfect. Your BBC uh, training's I, coming in, kicking in right there, I, isn't I, it? I, I scour Reddit soccer enough to consider myself a uh, international expert of football. <laughs> a connoisseur. A connoisseur. Exactly. A connoisseur. Con- yeah. I've, I've, can you, I've, can I've you pronounce that one, James? I've just done it. I've just did it. It was all right, mate. It wasn't bad. Connoisseur. 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 <laughs> It's a French word. I don't know why you're not doing it French. I don't know why you're not doing that. A connoisseur. <laughs> there's no, there's no year. No, nobody, nobody yeah. gets use apart from the British. Okay, but yeah, what I'm, I'm British. Yeah, I know, but like the French don't do year. Connoisseur. 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 Okay, I'm done. I'm done, mate. Okay, that's all right. Well, you know, you tried. Going on to. Shall we go on to Wigan? Yeah, because Villa tried to win, and it took um a while to do so it took him to the last kick of the game to actually win the match um john mcginn comes in straight in number seven center midfield puts connor hurahan at the side um takes a free kick and uh it finds james chester who puts villa in front uh magic mate john mcginn really happy with him so happy that i've uh, named this uh, episode the john mcginn fan club <laughs> mate i didn't think we needed to push connor hurahan aside but my god um, there's something special going on there. If that carries on, I, mean, I feel I think it's a shame because Hurahan's really good. But if he can't get into the team over McGinn, um, Villa don't exactly lose out. No, and and you're supposed to have multiple midfield options. That's just the way it works in the Championship. It's a very long and hard season. Where there's going to be days when we're going to need, um, where, where we're going to need, uh, you know, McGinn to to perform. There's going to be days where we're going to need, uh, what's his face, Connor Hurahan to perform. There's going to be there's going to be days where where one of them. Uh, just isn't doing it for whatever reason. Now, near the end of the game, of course, we were already, I mean, it was two all. 
uh, and that spark from Conor Hurahan, as well as John, uh, as uh, is it John? <laughs> as long as, as John long as, McGinn, as well yeah, as John, John McGinn did all game, finding things with that, with that, you know, that perfect left foot of his, he didn't find uh, that that final delivery, did he? It was Conor Hurahan who did it, and I think. We, we we need those fresh ideas. We need those multiple personalities coming out, uh, coming together with that creativity. And uh, personally, uh, I, the way that I see it is that when you have options on the bench and when you have when you have substitutes, when you have backups, they're not supposed to be players who can just fill in and do a job. They're supposed to be players who can fill in and do as well a job, or uh, on their day do a better job. Uh, and I think that's that's what we, we need to be aiming for here. That's what Henry Lansbury needs to aspire to be. Um, and I think there's going to be days where Huran plays. There's going to be days where where, where uh, McGinn plays. But either way, we've got you know we've got some very very talented midfielders in our team. Now. I think that transfer window ended probably as well as it could for Villa without um, Joe Bryan. But I'm re- I'm really impressed with McGinn and the way he runs is incredible. It's like. He says it's like chasing a helicopter. It's all elbows and arse kind <laughs> of out. Um, I'd compare it to like, you know, a, in a cartoon when there's like a happy dog. Yeah. And his tongue's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his going every, limbs are going everywhere. It's like that. He's out. He runs with his elbows out, tongue out, head first. And it's it's really good to see um, someone take control of the ball, not just up front, but in midfield and he's in defence. smiley you face. I love him. I really do. I've, I've I've never felt so connected to a Villa player seconds into their career. Seconds. And I think it's helped that Hibs fans have been so have been so nice about it. You know, there, there's no animosity towards him, which just kind of like shows yeah. that yeah, he's probably he's he's a well liked player. He probably puts the effort in, uh, and I think that's all important. Is it a very English attitude that we'd have been pissed off with twenty five million for Grealish when uh, McGinn went for under three million? <laughs> Well, yeah, but this is this is the thing. Why don't you know? This is this is these are the sort of targets. These are the sort of fees we need to be looking to pay. Uh, Why aren't clubs going for Mc- people like McGinn? That's that's crazy. That is crazy. That John McGinn fell to us. There was no one except Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, and there are players like that in the Scottish Premier uh, in the Scottish Premiership. You know, um, and you know, you look at you look at what was it was it Josh Windass that ended up at, at Wigan Athletic? Another one who was who was doing well at Rangers, and they ended up. Uh, ended up going there. Um, I don't think they paid an awful lot yeah, for him. Um, you know, former villain Harry Forrester was doing all right at Rangers before a few uh, attitude issues kicked in. I guess mm. now he's playing in the uh, Iran Premier League for a fair, fair whack of money. I, play for? I I could not name it. I'm if, really if you, not off my I'm... heart. Um, but yeah, uh, Harry Forrester, former villain. Uh, probably would have been a good signing, but I think his attitude's been a, a bit of a problem for him, in especially at Rangers. Um, he had a really good season, but he, he left and he's joined by he's actually went to Iranian side Tractor Sazi. Yeah, and the important the important <laughs> name in there, Tractor Sazi Tabriz. So uh, obviously Tabriz is a, a very big, uh, very big city in uh, in uh, in Iran. Um, in fact, it's it's actually Tabriz is technically in the east. Azerbaijan province, but you, you know you, you the stadium that he plays at as well. This is the funny thing I find about Iran, right? And 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 the stadiums in the Iranian league, they're huge, man. Like they're massive. Like the 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 the, the stadium that Traktasazi play at is is sixty six thousand. I don't I don't know if that gets filled, but um, that's, that's, yeah, it's still a, a spectacle if it gets full, <laughs> even if it had. Half. Well, this is it, you know, sixty six thousand 
people come in to watch uh, Harry Forrester banging him in. Um, there we go. But, yeah, fair play. That's what happens when you when you when you get uh, when you accidentally uh, get a unknown agent. That's a that's a nice tangent to go off of, off of John McGinn though, because it's like the story of these Scottish in the Scottish Premier League. There's probably gold to be found. You know, could this be in other leagues? You know, is this the case in other leagues where we're just not looking at good players because the standard of the league? It's not even a terrible standard, really, is it? It's not horrific. But you, you, you're looking past people like John McGinnis. You're looking past other people, maybe in other leagues. Who knows? Well, the trend's been Portugal, hasn't it? Yeah, especially of late. But uh, we, Villa's game against Wigan, it didn't go well after that goal because uh, Wigan scored two in their first one, mate. Um, Mila Yedinak back passes the ball. New goalkeeper Oya Nyland can't get off his line quick enough because the ball, the back pass, it's going to Nick Powell already. Hmm. Yeah. And um, a lot of people blame Nyland for not coming off his line. Not Nyland's fault. But I've got to say, that ball, he didn't look. He passed it. It was going about one mile an hour, that pass, into the, pa- the path of Nick Powell. Why should Nyland have come off his line? You know, <sighs> Jedinak has plenty of time. Loads of time. Centre backs supposed to have control there, and you as a keeper, you've got to you've got to trust your centre back. You can't be you know worried about what he's doing all the time. Um, and you know, I think that is a hundred percent Mila Yedinak's fault. Maybe I'd say ninety percent Mila Yedinak's fault. Yeah, there could have been help, but he did that before. He did it earlier in the match, right? He did that exact pass earlier in the match, and Norland was in trouble. So I once you see that, don't do it again. Do not do it again. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? He's a defensive midfielder, right? He does that pass all the time in his position. Why? Because the centre-backs are closer by, right? And the centre-backs come forward with it. That's their role. He doesn't know a thing about passing back to the goalkeeper. That's that's not what he's been doing his whole career. That's not what he's been coached on, is it? You know, no. th- let the guy do what he needs to do, especially as Villa. To be fair, now we're playing it along the ground a lot more. We do like passing the ball about just a little bit. Um, you know, He's he's got to be more comfortable there, but if he's not, just understand that the guy is not a centre back, and we've been saying it for ages. Like I I cannot name you, James. I cannot name you, and he's probably played there a number of times now. I cannot I cannot name you a single game where I thought Jedinak has had an acceptable performance at centre back. Yeah, the only way he's going to learn is with minutes. But do you want to give him the minutes? No, he's thirty five or whatever it is. It's like it's let him play his ass. position. Yeah, it's big ask, and uh, especially when you got Tommy Alfick again, picture of professionalism. He had a a really mixed game against Hull, but if I'm him and I'm getting put on the bench, I'm like, you don't want Millie there in the back two. You want him in the back three where he can be supported, not when he's going to play, play hospital balls back to the goalkeeper. Yeah, totally. And totally. Uh, no, it's, I've struggled. I've struggled to see how Alfick can take that. I really do. Um, if maybe you play play Axel Twanzebe next match as centre back, maybe you do that. But um, it it struggle. I struggle with Alfic. I really do because I think how could you? I'd be banging on Steve Bruce's door after that, going, mate. <laughs> yeah, loan me out again. Yeah, straight up. No, straight up because we we're not playing the centre back in a position. We're not playing Axel Twan to be in the centre back position. We're actually trying to force Milay Edenak in, and the guy's not going to learn unless he's there for a season, and we ain't got a season to give him. And Bruce just really wants it to work, but he needs to understand that it's not going to work. Now, he's the manager. I understand that. He knows his players better than I do. But, you know, cent- defensive midfielder to centre-back conversions rarely ever work. Rarely. And you can't just look at the guy and think, oh, he's big. He's good in the air. Uh, he can track all along the ground. He's a good central defender. That's not how it works. That's, that's not 
the sign of a good centre back. Like it's it's attributes that a good centre back needs to have, absolutely. But also, what's important, you know, if you are playing in that position, is to know how to read the game and to know uh, how to handle it when a striker is trying to run past you. To know what to do when the ball is coming to the box off a quick cross, and that is not something that a defensive midfielder is always coached in. Uh, and I think it's just a bit arrogant, to be honest, of Steve Bruce to assume that he can play square pegs in round holes and it will work. We played perfectly fine against Hull City. Yes, we conceded that one dodgy goal, right? That was due to uh, a centre-back not um, putting enough effort in really uh, to, to, to get a ball from a corner, from a cross. Okay, fair enough. Other than that, Neil Taylor, yes, he was poor, but he wasn't awful. Um, and in general, I just think that we messed around with a defense that wasn't that bad. Uh, we just messed around with it too much. Yeah, I think uh, he's entitled to his ideas. I just think you've got a, you know, it's either Millet and that's going to be there all season, or he's gone. You know, you you stick or twist. I don't know what he's going to do. Honestly, I'd rather have him than Whelan. Uh, a centre back? No, no, in in midfield. Yeah, I think yeah, go for that. But uh, it, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one. It really is a tricky one. Uh, we're two games into the season. Villa haven't played desperately well. And that was, you know, they, they've played all right. They got the wins. But uh, they went behind again. So they compounded their, their misery at Wigan by going behind 2-1. To an open header, Callum Collinley had an open header at the, near, the, the far post from across. It was just too easy. Mm-hmm. And I think these centre-backs, man, I love James Chester to bits, but one of them's got to, you know, step up make sure those people don't have open headers in the box. Yeah, definitely. Or, the, you know, if, if it's a keeper, command the box. If it's Chester, be the captain. If it's Yedanak, step up. Mm. You've got a, One of them's got to pull them out. And I think there's just a bit of mixed messages going on there. Maybe it's something that will work itself out in the next few games. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. We'll, I think Yedanak's stuck there for a bit, mate, to be honest. Yeah, it's starting to look like that, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, luckily Villa did win the match and uh, it was through Conor Hurahan who had two moments in the game. The first thing he, he does is, come on, he's been subbed on in the 94th minute. He comes on and he hoofs the ball as a clearance. The second thing he does is receive it on the edge of the box, dink it onto the far post where Berka Bjarnason, for God knows why reason, you know, who knows why. Um, he's a defensive midfielder. He's he's come on on the flank and he's poked the ball home. 3-2, last kick of the game, it's done. Madness. Yeah. Do you think it's uh, undeserved at all? No. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, we, we, we lost you to a defensive error. Uh, I mean, sorry, not lost. We I mean, we conceded you to a defensive error. In fairness, so did Wigan. But, I mean, that 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 one was just... That one was like, yeah, we, 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 we put the ball into the box. So, you know, anything was going to happen. It was incredibly crowded. When a team sticks that many defenders in there, uh, you're always gonna suffer from scrambles, um, but in terms of us, like that, we we basically handed them, handed them that goal. So yeah, yeah. No, I forgot about the second one. Um, Villa's second one, of course, a John McGinn corner just comes in. He, he whips a corner in. Bit of confusion in the box, bounces around in off someone's forehead. The ghost. And it's a uh, it's a equal, yeah equalizer. The ghost of, of of Emerson Boyce came back. <laughs> and Titus Bramble, the I, Titus Titus Bramble was was uh, was was uh, was was haunting uh, the the stadium uh, at that point, wasn't he? That's that's what was happening. Nice, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's more we could speak about dodgy refs, but 
mate, I just want to keep it positive and uh, think about three points. I hope Villa can kind of find their way a bit more, play a bit better. Maybe don't leave it so drastically. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take the six points. I just hope there's an eye on improving performances. I hope that there's lessons to be learned here. That I hope on. that Bruce takes the uh, initiative after watching that match. Um, but yeah, like the thing is, one thing that one thing that I've always wondered is: Do managers look at actual games, look at actual matches, and make their decisions based on that, or do they base their decisions on training and what they've been working on? Um, and I, yeah, that's that. That's one thing I'm wondering. Because is is Bruce seeing something that we're not? Is there is there some reason that he believes that that defense that he put out there was was better than the one he put out the week before? Um, and Bruce, to be honest with me, with you, sorry, Bruce, to be to be honest with me, doesn't strike me as an incredibly reactionary manager. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think I think I think what he's going to see is he's going to say he's going to look at that performance, think, okay, um, McGinn's got to be our key guy. Uh, he's got to, I think he's going to look at Bjarnason and wonder whether or not he is the guy to be, to be playing as the linchpin in midfield ahead of, uh, ahead of Mila Yedinak. Of course, he was missing for a lot of the game. Uh, and I think he's going to look at Yeovil to experiment, uh, again. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few new faces jumping out, uh, against Yeovil. Maybe, maybe the likes of Richie Lack coming back into play. Um, yeah, let's move on to Yeovil. Then. We've got two matches to preview. One is the Carabao Cup match, the first round Carabao Cup match against the Yeovil turn away at Yeovil. That's on Tuesday. Um, I think we'll see a lot of changes, but I do think certain things will stay the same. I think we'll probably see Yedinak at centre-back. Okay, yeah. I think we'll, I think we'll also probably see, if not Yedinak at centre-back, Asa Suleiman in in the squad. So either on subs bench or the first eleven. I do think we I don't know if we'll go with Moreira in goal. I think he'll want Nyland in goal just to get him a bit more settled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. This is it's not like a Jed Steer situation where you have to you feel like obligated to give your second guy minutes. He's not going to give Moreira minutes. And if he does, then it might be I that's, don't know. That's going to piss his team off, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I think you'll see Neil Taylor come back in. I think Delat will come in. Um, I think we'll keep with McGinn. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or who? I think we'll keep. I think we'll. I think Jack Grealish will will be dropped, and I think we'll see Doyle Hayes, McGinn, and Hurahan there or thereabouts. One of them will be on the bench. Mm. Um, in terms of striking, I think I don't think we'll see Hepburn Murphy start. I think he'll stick with Codger because uh, Jonathan Codger hasn't looked great in these last two games. However, um, due to my rudery, rudimentary expected goals calculations, I can tell you that through two games, Jonathan Codger has one expected goal. So uh, it's coming. There's a goal yeah, coming yeah. eventually. And uh, he need God knows he needs a goal, mate. But like I'd, I'd say keep him on the bench. Um, keep him on the bench. Maybe let him come on and uh, and smash in a penalty if that comes about, you know. Um, it's something like that. I think, I think, I think, yeah. you know, Really, the guy is. I think he has a. I think he has a confidence problem. He has a case of the Scott Hogan's. You know, once one goal, he's in. trying too hard. Yeah, 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 totally. And what what the worst thing about trying too hard is, from experience, trying too hard always looks on the outside like you're not trying at all. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you try too hard, you get quite a position. You can't do anything. You stand still and you put your hands up in the air. Get frustrated. It looks like you haven't done a thing. But I tell you what, when you're trying too hard, it always looks like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, if he weren't trying at all, he wouldn't be getting on the end of headers and he wouldn't have, you know, 
pulled off any shots and he is he's doing something but it's just out of time and out of sync with everything thinking he's a gel thinking he's to find his time i think he needs to find a goal i, I have quickly. no doubt that he's trying you know i have absolutely no doubt that the guy's trying i th- i just think that he gets greedy sometimes he, he i think he tries too hard to get a goal i think if he focused a little bit more on finding his teammates and then contributing to general play uh i think that would help him out a lot more but i think at the moment he just he seems to 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 have a have a fluff at every opportunity he gets. Um, you know, maybe tries to dribble through too many defenders, or takes too long to to find that perfect angle, um, which inevitably ends up getting blocked. Uh, and I, and it is definitely a confidence thing. It's the same thing that happened to Scott Hogan until he scored and then went on that massive scoring run last season. Uh, I think I think that's it. I think the other thing we got to we got to remember is that Scott Hogan exists. You know, we we haven't seen him just yet. I think he's 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 had an injury. Um, but like personally yeah. against Yeovil, I know Rashawn Hepburn Murphy's had a couple of runouts already, uh, and he and he has looked pretty good. Um, I'd personally just I'd 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 want to I would want to see Keenan Davis come out, man. Uh, I think he hasn't he had his, he hasn't had any game time so far this season. But he was. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh same injury as Hogan. It's that groin that groin hip injury. Like he's, he's, he's carrying off, an injury. Even for Yeovil, yeah, I don't think I think you, I don't know if because uh, Hepburn Murphy was you know Villa said Hepburn Murphy was injured a day before he he came on against mm. Hull, so I, I'm not going to take too much faith in Davis being out completely. I, I'd say Hogan's not. There's no way Hogan's in. There's no mm. way. But uh, Davis, I mean, surprise, surprise, he could come in. Yeah, as long that the, the worst case scenario for me is I see that uh, starting lineup and uh, Albert Adoma is the sole striker. That's the worst case scenario for me because it just I like yeah. I, I I love Albert but uh it's it's one of those things where Bruce has, Bruce has done it before last season you know there was times where he probably should have given Rashan a run out and he didn't um I I totally understand why that is I totally understand the reasons behind it um and also just from what I've seen so far he seems to be trying to create the perception of squad depth um which is strange because I think we do have squad depth, but I think he seems to be trying to play the more well-known or the more experienced players whenever he can and wherever he can. Uh, and I, I just, I just would like to see more of a policy of giving the youngsters a, you know, more trust. I think especially against Yeovil, we we need to we need to be able to uh, to let Rashan out or yeah, Jake Doyle Hayes a lot of them. Yeah, there's there's room for rotation, and I, the reason I say stick with Kadri is, you know, give him a give him a, at least a chance he needs to find his way because it's still early doors. He's making things happen; it's just not coming off. Um, bit of he's behind the play; he's ahead of the play. It looks like he's not trying. I can assure you, it does. He must be trying to, you know, to get close to what he's doing. No, it's just not coming off. He's had close headers against Wigan. I'm giving a chance against Yeovil. Um, give Pepper Murphy a chance to build more fitness minutes, and uh, we should be good to go in terms of a striker when Keenan Davis and Hogan come back. Don't need. To, I don't think we need to look for another one. To be no, honest, no, definitely not. I think we've got enough enough going for us. But uh, I want your prediction, mate, for the Yeovil Town match before we move on to the league action against Ipswich. Uh, so I, you know, I think we'll win, but it, it's a, it's yeah. pretty much an un, it's pr- pretty much a written rule by now that Villa get dispatched in the first game of the League Cup. To a team that's <laughs> that's worse than them. It's happened every season for for a while now, I think. Anyway, um, and I'm gonna actually have a look at Villa League Cup runs. They haven't gone of that far in a while, mate. Yeah, no, they haven't. I don't think 
We went to the final, didn't we, within the last 10 years against uh, Manchester United. We've been to the semi-final once or twice since then. I was on the show, wasn't I? Um, I think Bradford, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, was we got Bradford? Bradford, Bradford, didn't we? Was it over two yeah. legs? When they got to the final. Yeah, over two, <laughs> when they got to the final. So, um, I think it'll be 3-0 to Aston Villa. Right? Okay, so Yeovil Town, uh, they got a two-all draw against Mansfield uh, over the weekend. Um, Mansfield Town came back uh, from behind twice. Uh, I think Yeovil Town, if I'm reading correctly, just didn't have um, didn't have much uh, well pizzazz about them. But here's an interesting one, right? Here's an interesting fact for you, James. Right? Or I'm going to assume this is a fact. I believe that if Yeovil and Aston Villa both field Issa Suleiman and um, Otis Khan, it could be the first time ever in English football that we've seen two, um, yeah, two uh, British Asian players playing against each other. I just want to put that one out there. That could, that could be incredibly true. If, if it true. is true, I don't know if that, I don't know if it's facts check. I don't know what the, whether the fact is there or not. But anyway, I'm, I'm putting way too much into it. I'm trying to I'm trying to build some tension before giving my prediction. But let's be absolutely real here. This is a League Two side who aren't a very good League Two side at that. Um, they're a team who have won just a, I mean, only just one point um, in their first two games. It's going to be Villa 4, Yeovil 1. Ooh. Ooh, that's exciting, man. Ramped it up a bit. Put a bit more positivity in it. Um we got a we got a league game though. Um, before we record again, Ipswich Town away. We go to Portman Road. Big Mick isn't mm. there anymore. Um, they've went for Paul Hurst of uh, Shrewsbury Town. Ipswich are a bit of a nightmare club. Um, the situation behind the scenes, of course, isn't great. Um, they aren't being heavily funded. They aren't probably getting the backing they need to succeed. And they haven't done a great job in the league so far of doing anything at all. And Paul Hurst, of course, I'm really promising manager, comes in from Shrewsbury Town. They went to the playoffs last, last season, fell at yep. the final hurdle against Rotherham, of course, who got promoted. Um, Ipswich <laughs> drew 2-2 with newly promoted Blackburn. Yeah, So 2-2. And they had to wait for a last-minute goal as well to bring that back. Uh, then, um, nightmare for Paul Hurst because he lost to Rotherham in uh, a 90th-minute goal again. <laughs> Very much seems like a Roberto Di Matteo situation where a promising manager comes in. Um, and the team bottle it in the last it's just, minute. It's, just, it's got an awful squad. Honestly, like I, I look, I look at that squad, and it's just, it's just, it's just dreadful. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have a go at all of these players, but you know, a lot of them just aren't at this level. You know, um, I, I think some of them, some of them are quite young. In all fairness to them, uh, but you know, you've got Guion Edwards. Ha- I mean, yeah, Harrison and Freddie Sears is your front three. I mean, Freddie Sears, you know, with all due respect to him, you know, leading a front three, for, you know, in 2018 in the championship. And then, you know, you've got the likes of, of 19-year-old Trevor Chaloba starting in midfield for him, who actually uh, seems to be their best player. Another 19-year-old in that midfield as well, Flynn Downs. There's a lot of a lot of young players in the Ipswich team that are just not quite there yet. And I think, to me, it does just look very unprepared. Um, and, yeah, I just, I cannot see them. Uh, I cannot see them, you know, doing well at all. This is—I I genuinely think that they're going to be fighting a, a mad relegation battle because you just don't lose to Rother, uh, to Rotherham. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, 
you just don't lose to them. Um, interestingly as well, they've got a Villa youth player playing in uh, playing in the defence too. A former Villa youth player. Uh, yep. Really? I don't know if you'll remember the name. Enlighten so me. So he's... This is... I mean, I, I don't know where he's actually on loan from. Uh, yeah, interestingly enough, right? He's actually on loan, I believe, from Accrington Stanley. Right? Get this. A, a, a centre-back is on loan from Accrington Stanley to Ipswich Town. Is that uh, Januar Donacia? That's right. Januar Donacia. Oh, my God. So he's on loan? Yep. Are you sure? <laughs> that's mad. He's on loan from Accrington Stanley? He's yeah, that's crazy. On loan from Accrington Stanley. It, 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 it is, to be fair, on, with a view to become permanent. Oh, yeah, he's got a work permit because he's uh, from St. Lucia. So that might be so it. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. But which doesn't make it that weird. But even still, man, Jano Danasio. It's a weird. That's, 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 yeah, it's, it's mad. It's like these uh, championship clubs pick up Villa's like players on bargain deals. He had it with uh, Daniel Johnson left Villa for 50 grand, didn't he, to Preston? Jordan Graham. And Callum Robinson left. Yeah, Jordan Graham. And uh, Callum Robinson left on a free. Um, Samir Karuvas left on a free. And they're kind of the mainstays of these lower championship sides. So I guess don't knock them. Don't no, no, don't knock him. I think uh, Villa missing missing something there in the academy. Some some money to be made. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, mate, Ipswich aren't paying much money at all. I think they 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 backed down from a deal for a bloke from um AFC Wimbledon because it was going to cost them over seven hundred and fifty grand. That's insane. They're not a rich club. Uh, but you have to go for them. You have to back your club, otherwise it's going to sink. Well, they are going to sink. Um, unfortunately, I think they're going down to League One this season. They just don't have enough in their squad. Genuinely. Uh, there's just there's just nothing there which makes me think right he's going to score enough goals for them to stay up. I just do not see it whatsoever. Um, they should be playing good football. They've got a good manager, but it doesn't look like things are going so well at the start of the season. May yet improve and need a few nifty loan deals in though. But I think Villa are going to hammer him, mate. My prediction: it's five-one uh, to Aston Villa. Five-one. Five-one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be brutal. I really do. You think we're going to hammer we them? Hammered, when, when I said that we were going to hammer them last season, mate, we hammered them. And I think they're in a worse situation now under a new manager who desperately needs backing for his plans to work. He's a good manager, Paul Hurst is, but Ipswich are not good and I feel sorry for them. But Villa, if Villa improve, get going, they should hammer them. There's no reason why we don't play this game on the front foot. Um, And because of that, at least I don't see Steve Bruce being that you know, that's silly. Anyway. Um, so having said that, I think that, yeah, it's going to be a hammering. I'm going to go. But then I've already said we're going to hammer Yeovil. Surely, surely we chill out a bit against Ipswich. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a respectable 2-0. Oh, that's very nice of you. Just because, just because we might be tired from the Yeovil game. Okay. No, so, that's that's very that's very respectable. Yeah. Very nice. After after what? You mean after after I've just like shredded. All right. Oh, I can't team. shit on them too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um well we've come to the end of the league action, mate, the preview action. And we do have a new feature. Oh great. it's the power rankings. It's tied into the, the site. You've got no involvement in this. You, well, not yet. I think you will do with the weeks to come, mate. But I've put it out there to the team, to Twitter. I want your five Villa players for the last week. So that includes the whole game, the transfer window, and 
it, uh, Wigan Athletic. So it's not just about individual performances as well. It's about who you're feeling good about. So maybe if it was last season, you'd have felt good about Birkir Bjarnason, even though he wasn't in the team, because you you're you thinking maybe, hey, this guy can push in that DM. I'm going, he's one of my top five players of relevance for this week. Even so, last week, you might be putting Jack Grealish as your, your most, you know, your top Villa player for staying at Villa. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just about how good they are on the pitch. It's how they're coming forward, what they're doing, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, mostly we've had a big surge of votes. I'll get to the rankings. A bit of suspense here, mate. So we got the first <laughs> power rankings of the season. Um, top five Villa play- players as voted by everyone who got involved. Okay. Um, we'll start with number five, mate. It's a tie. Oh, okay. It's a tie. Okay. So your top five Villa players in position five, it is Conor Hurahan and Ahmed Al-Mohamed. Okay, I see that. You know, both both equally respectable during the week. Obviously, Ahmed Al-Mohamed is scoring that goal, which was big for him. Um, and Hurahan with that assist, that winning assist. Late on, yeah. Yeah. Um, before I get on to position four, a few people have missed out. Andre Green had a few votes. Berkir Bjarnason played pretty poorly for most of the game, coming late with a goal. Makes him, you know, big, you know, big praise for him for that getting that. So a lot of people respecting that. Tommy Alphick as well, a few fifth place votes. But um, position four, mate, you got to know who this is. Is it John McGinn? No, it's Alan Hutton, man. Oh, right. Okay. Alan Hutton, no one rated him to be the worst. No one rated him to be the best. Bang in the, in the middle of the pack. Top five is number four. Ah, okay. Number three, it's James Chester. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Stayed, stayed at the club. Big respect to him. Made that little Cap- video. Yeah, captain to two comeback victories. Yeah. Captain that's into two comeback victories. Solid in defence. Always, sometimes a few a few shaky moments, but man, I, loved, I do love a bit of James Chester. I was worried we were going to miss out on a lot of leadership without John Terry, but we haven't done, have we? We haven't done. John, James Chester's been a big man here, hasn't he? And he's yeah yeah you know he's 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 not just inspired the team to come, uh, I mean to to obviously win two games, but he's inspired the team to, to to two comebacks. You know, let's not forget that. You know, it's two it's two comebacks. It's it's being one nil down against Hull City. You know, a team who are going to be absolutely riding high, scoring the first goal of uh, of the season. You know, it's very very hard to stop a team like that, like a freight train, aren't they? Really, you know, when you've got that kind of momentum and you've got no sort of baggage holding you back. Um, and then Wigan Athletic as well, who came back against us. We could have deflated, but uh, obviously the captain, James Chester, just didn't allow it to happen. So yeah, you've got to give him big plaudits for it. Number two. Who do you think number two is going to be? So basically, I think the top two is between Grealish and um, and, and McGinn. Uh, I'm going to... I'm. What's that? Bang on, that is. I thought so. But like I can't, I can't split the two because the thing is, Grealish would get a lot of plaudits for staying. I think he hasn't been spectacular in either game. He's been good, and because of that, I think Grealish will be second. You're wrong. It's John McGinn who's really? second. Okay. John okay. McGinn debut debut comes in straight at number two. Straight at number two. It's still respectable, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, Grealish goes to number one um, with the most votes for the first place. Um, James Chester actually had the second most votes for first place. Okay, but okay, interesting. Because John McGinn had so many <laughs> for second place and third place and first place. He had a big mix going in. You know, I've, I made a point system. You see, 
um, if you get the first position, that's five points. Four, second position is four points and so on and so on. So, you know, position one's worth more. Position two's worth less. But yeah, I, I do digress because uh, Jack Grealish is top of the power rankings. John McGinn is second. James Chester is third. Alan Hutton is fourth. Ahmed Al-Mohamedi and Conor Huran slightly tie for fifth. This is like a Ballon d'Or, isn't it? It's the yeah, Ballon, it is, but... Ballon d'Or. But uh, do you agree? With, I, I do agree with those. I think uh, Andre Green... Close Alfic, I get Alfic. I get why a few people voted for Alfic, to be honest, because and maybe feeling hey, this guy has a case for being mm-hmm. a centre back, even with Twanza. But if Twanza is going to be shifted out to the right, Alfic has to be shifted into the middle, sure, sure, sure. But uh, they made the case, um, in week one that is so we'll we'll keep a we'll keep a track of that overall to see who's top overall, and we'll do it week by week as well. So we'll a fresh light each week, it's completely fresh light each week. But overall, we'll be keeping a, a count of the, the highest scores. So we can, at the end of the season, we'll straight up have the information to say who's the player of the season because you'd have all voted for him yeah, throughout exactly. the season, fairly. Ballon de Holt. That is what. Ballon de Holt, yeah. That's what I'm going to call it as my unofficial nickname. I think we'll give that to what we'll call at the end of the season. That's a trophy we'll award. Can we, give, can we, can we send that one up to the, um, to the big men in the back? Yeah, we'll send it up. We'll send it up. <laughs> I think we'll, I think we'll we'll award the trophy at the end of the season to whoever gets it. But those are the power rankings. Yeah. Um, feel free to join in next week. So next week too, of course, will be who's your top five out of Yeovil and Ipswich, and we'll carry on and see how it goes. But uh, a fresh slate next week, and uh, I think that's it from us this this week, mate, on the whole cast. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, do we have any do we have any quick fire questions left, James? Or uh, I think we've kind of wrapped mostly everything up about centre back and FFP um, loan signings we've talked about um, transfers play- yeah I think we've wrapped everything I up mate we've covered it yeah. all to be fair yeah 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 um, that's that's Danny Raza you can find him at DHRaza on Twitter you can find me at Gemma Rushton you can find us all together at 7500 to Holt and at 55 minutes I think we'll wrap up week one of the Holt cast uh, week one of the season and uh, hope for more Danny yeah let's hope for more and let's hope that the energy stays positive uh, let's let's hope that uh, we don't have to have. Let's hope that we can go the full season without a single negative podcast. Can't see that happening <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but so far, Villa have been, I think, overawing us. And if this week is to go by, if the tension that that we've had from this week is to go by, then it's going to be a very very exciting season. And uh, I think a few of us are going to be exhausted by the end of it. We'll see you next week, Foxen. Goodbye.